Welcome to church, everyone. How's everyone feeling this morning? Yeah. Head nodding. You're good. You're looking good. Hey, this morning was, was kind of fun. I just heard a story from uh, my wife, Rachel. On her way into church, she went through the Starbucks drive through and our four-year-old from the back seat said, hey, mommy, can you wind down my window? And she's like, well, what does the four-year-old, what's Avia want to say to the lady in the drive through She took the risk. She wound down the window. Avia from the back seat looks at the lady in the drive through and she goes, it's Sunday. I'm going to church, and my daddy's going to preach. And so I don't, I don't know how that sat with her. I don't know really what she understood from that. But uh, hey, I'm excited to be here. Avia is excited to be here. I hope that you're excited to be here this morning. I'm excited for next week as well. I want to give you a little quick preview of next Sunday. Next Sunday is going to be incredible. We have, I think, about five different couples that are going to be dedicating their kids to the Lord here in this uh, service. And so we're going to be a part of that. Rach and I are actually dedicating our youngest, Alencia, to the Lord next Sunday. So our pastor is going to be here. I think every pastor needs a pastor. And so our pastor is going to be here, Pastor Brent Cantillon. He's actually going to be speaking as well. And if you've never heard him speak, don't miss next week. I say from the bottom of my heart, like, I love Jesus, like the way I love Jesus very much today because of following his example in, in his life and seeing the way he prays, spending time with him and just hearing how he talks about the Lord in just conversation every day. And so I hope that you can be with us. It's going to be an amazing week. This week, as Pastor Troy said, is week number three in our This Is Us series. And this morning, we're going to be having a lot of fun. Is that normally that loud? It sounds like we've got like a commercial air conditioner, which we may have. I, I, if we do, I don't, I don't know it, but we'll check out what that sound is. Don't be distracted by it as I am. Don't worry. Now that I've made it aware, are you aware of it? You're all just like, well, now that's bothering me, and it wasn't. Thank you. <laughs> this morning, as we said, this is going to be fun. This is the PG-13 message of this series. Uh, I'm going to be speaking a lot uh, to married people in the room, people that want to get married. But really, again, this is going to be for everybody. And really the purpose of this morning, the goal of this morning is that we would grasp and we would see that God's, deten- God's attention and, and his plan for your life has always been in relationships that you would discover your best in relationships in life-giving and joy-filled relationships. Come on, I believe God wants us to have some fun. So in week number one of this series, we talked uh, about be, uh, putting God first, God first in our lives. And we said this, we said there's a lot of Christians that want God involved in their lives. They want God involved in their relationships. They want to have great relationships, but God's just not first in their life. And, and the result of that is, that is that they don't experience all that God would have in relationships. It was a good week. And week number two, so it was God first. Week two was fight fair. Fight fair was a, a great week. We talked about the Bible saying there's going to be times you're going to get angry at one another in relationships. There's going to be times you'll be feel let down and frustrated in relationships. And we said the Bible doesn't teach us to avoid those moments. The Bible doesn't say skip over those moments and pretend like they're not happening. No, the Bible actually gives us some great prescriptions for what would be our heart and attitude 
in those moments. If you missed that, you can check it out on our podcast or on our app or on our YouTube channel. Really, we give you about 40 different ways that you can go and find that after uh, a week. And uh, I want to share this. I think, you know, looking back now, it's kind of ironic and funny at the time it wasn't. But last Sunday, after I preached on Fighting Fair, we went home. We had an awesome afternoon. It was great. We had a great time together. But then, wouldn't you know it, like just this would be the way it would be, Late last Sunday night, after preaching on Fighting Fair, Rach and I found ourselves in, like, we were both pretty disappointed in one another. Like, we were let down. We were in a bit of a, of a Fight Fair kind of moment. It was a tough moment for us. And the reason that I want to share that with you today uh, is that when we're standing up here as your pastors, and we're saying, follow us as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we're definitely not saying that we are a perfect marriage. We're standing up here and we're saying, I can say from the bottom of my heart, we have a healthy marriage, but we want you to know that we have letdowns, we have disappointments, we have difficult moments and difficult days, and I actually pray that as you go through those moments in your own relationships, that you would just be made aware that you're, you're definitely not alone, and in fact, uh, God did not design marriage to be easy. That was never the plan of God. God, I'm going to give you marriage to make life easy. No, the plan of God was actually to grow us and pull us away from a me-first mindset and actually put us in an others-focused mindset. And we need this so desperately in our world because honestly, when I look at the world around us, so many people are approaching relationships from a perspective of personal convenience. The mindset in the world today as it relates to relationships is so often, if it feels good, I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't feel good, well, then it must be time for me to move on. But that was never God's design when he created relationships. That was never God's design for covenant love in the context of relationship. No, God's word is very clear that love always goes first and love perseveres and always hopes. And so this morning, I believe that I need to say this one more time because we've said this every single week. This series, we've got to dive headlong into with a from this moment on mindset. Man, we've got to have a from this moment on mindset because if we come into a series like this and every week I'm up here and I'm saying this is what we need to do in relationships and here would be something else that we could do that would be great in our relationships. There's the potential that you would actually leave feeling burdened. The potential that you would actually leave feeling that there was this condemnation on your life. I should have done better. And what we actually want you to receive from this is just the hope that God is saying to you today from this moment on things can be very different. This is what, you, maybe you feel this way. This is what the prophet Jeremiah, I think we've all felt this way at some point. The prophet Jeremiah said, uh, he said, I've forgotten what happiness even is. My endurance has perished, so is my hope. Like I've got all these negative memories and these negative experiences. And when I think about them, I've just got this tendency to ruminate on them and press into the past and feel weighed down and discouraged. And he says, but, th- but this is what I got to do to get my mind out of that place. I-, I call some things to my memory and this is the stuff that I need to think on. He says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And so if we're going to make a change in our relationships, it's not going to come out of you should have done better and you should have worked harder. It is going to come out of realizing that we serve a God who specializes in fresh starts and new beginnings and daily mercy of giving you a brand new blank page. Come on, amen. Is anybody glad this morning that we serve a God who specializes in blank pages? I know I am. And so this morning I'm excited To share in step number three of this series, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about having fun 
in our relationships. Having fun in our relationships. The Bible talks about this. It says this in Ecclesiastes 9. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love. All the days of your vain life. That word vain there, it's really speaking of the brevity of life. It could be translated vapor or breath. So all the days of your short, quick life, it's going to go by quick. Enjoy life with the wife you love that God's given you under the sun because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Another translation says it this way. Live happily with the woman you love. Now most every one of us, when we fall in love, we do so having fun, right? That's how we fall in love. For Rachel and I, that's how we fall in love. Sometimes people get brought together through tragedy. Most of the time we fall in love when we're having some fun. And so for Rachel and I, this is our first date story. I know a few of you will know this, but this is our first date story. We knew some mutual friends. We, we kind of were in the same scene together, but we'd never kind of had a one-on-one moment until October the 23rd, 2003. Through a friend that was kind of trying to set us up, we ended up at a Kelsey's restaurant together, and it was actually just the three of us. Uh, And it kind of became the two of us as we sort of just ignored the person that had brought us together across the table. And I said this to Rachel. I said to her, what is there that you think you could do better than me? And guys, you can go ahead and use that line. I mean, it worked for me, right? So like, just work that in. And she looks back at me and she's like, I think I could beat you in a race. Actually, you know what I think? I think, I think if I recall correctly, I think you actually said back to me like, Probably everything. <laughs> you started with like everything and then you got more specific. Then she got more specific and she said, I think I could beat you in a race. And I'm like, are you, are you just talking some kind of smack? Like, is this like big talk, but you wouldn't try and follow through? Like, would you try and race me? And she's like, I've got gym clothes in the car. <laughs> it was a line that would change the course of our destiny. I mean, as a 23-year-old guy, When you meet a godly girl that says she has gym clothes in the car, you are just like, God, I am going to marry that girl right there. That's the one I'm going to marry. She's the one. And so uh, we ended up uh, going up to Simon Fraser University. I was attending there at the time, and there's a track there. And so we drove up there so that we could race under the moonlit sky on the track. That was our first date. It was a series of 100-meter dashes. And I say a series of dashes... (laughs) Because Rachel was convinced that, like, the first time I beat her was some sort of accident. And so she's like, let's do that again. And I'm like, we can do that all day, you know, like all day. I'm going to beat you every time. And somehow, over the course of our relationship, she has talked herself into believing that she won one or several or maybe even all of these races. But, like, I got my hand on the Bible today, people. Like, you see what I'm saying? I don't know how that happened. I don't know what aspect... It's like she does, she, I'll give it to her, she has a strong start. I think she says like she won off the line, she won, she, she was ripping. I was actually scared for a minute, but then I was like, hang on a minute, this is not going to happen. At least that's what I tell myself. I won every race. Now, um, we, we, we fall in love having fun, right? But then life happens and kids happen and like jobs with a lot of responsibility happens and bills happen and busyness happens. And I think uh, a lot of us end up getting to the place where we believe that fun is a luxury and not an essential. But I really want to say to the couples in the room today, fun, the way God has intended for us to have some incredible fun and joy in our relationships was never, fun is not a luxury. Fun is an essential. 
In fact, you look at the relationship we have with God, and God said that what would be the strength in the relationship that we would have with, with him? He, he said that the joy, his joy, was what was going to give us strength in that relationship. And it's the same in our marriages. Joy and fun and having a great time together becomes strength to our relationship. Now understand, I, we all have difficult times, and it's kind of like the flip side of the fight fair coin. Like you got to know how to do things when times are tough, but we actually know, need to know how to bring the joy back into our relationships. Fun, fun is not a luxury. Fun is an essential. And so this morning, here's how I want to frame it. I want to talk about how we can have fun in all the different ways God has made us. And again, I'll be speaking largely to married people or to, to singles who would want to get married one day. But again, we can apply these things uh, that you'll find some nugget of how you could apply this to your life, no matter who you are, no matter where you're at in life. But I want to talk about how we can have fun in the three different ways God made us. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. I'm going to actually approach them this way. I'm going to talk, number one, about soul. And then we'll talk about the physical. And then we'll talk about having fun spiritually as we wrap up this morning. I want to start first talking about soul. I want to talk about first having a heart-to-heart emotional connection. Connection in your heart, in your soul, is always a prerequisite to fun. Like, you could be in the greatest place in the world having the most fun trying to do something like physically. When we think, I need, to, I need to bring the fun back into our relationships, often what we think is, well, I need another vacation or I need to go do that fun thing. We start thinking, well, physical. I need something physical. And so we'll book the vacation. But how many know if you're doing something that's incredibly fun, but you're not connected heart to heart, it's just not going to be that fun. It's going to feel like riding a jet ski while sitting on a cactus. Like I'm doing something fun, but it doesn't feel the way it should. Am I right? Like you could be on a beach in Hawaii with your spouse, and if you're not heart-to-heart connected, it's just not going to feel fun. Rachel and I were on this Hawaiian vacation. We were on this beach on the island of Kauai. It was the nicest beach we've ever been to. It's this long drive to the end of this road. And you get there, and it's this lush beach, and there's like rainforests, and, and the water's just, it's, it's perfect. And there's this kind of just, it all kind of curls around with rainforesty stuff, and there's this mountainous things going on. And it's just the most beautiful beach we've ever been to in the world. And we're there on the beach, and we're just having a fantastic time. And all of a sudden, we just hear this woman yell at her husband. Like, I mean, she yelled at him so loud, the fish were like, yo, what's going on? Like, they just froze. It was scary. She just, like, on the beach, in the middle of paradise, they've spent thousands of dollars to get there, but if you're, you're in the middle of paradise trying to have fun, but if it's not heart to heart, she just went like this. She goes, Sheldon! Everything is not okay! I'm like, Sheldon, bro, you are not, you know. You gotta start with the heart, buddy. I don't know. This beach is not about to help you out right now. So how do we start with getting the heart-to-heart connection? Connection is a prerequisite to fun. I, wanna, I want us to go to Song of Solomon today. And, and I, I, I want to read some verses where we actually see Solomon starting in with some intimate conversation, trying to bring the heart-to-heart connection and because I could see him saying this to a little r and B, I'm going to get the guys to help me out with that. He says this. He says, how, be- how beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter. Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of a craftsman's hands. Pastoral translation. Baby, I just want to take a little time, slow things down, and tell you some of the things I think about you. 
Verse 2. Your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. This one's a little bit more PG-13. Literal translation, I want to drink from your belly button. Verse 3. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Translation, I like your twins. There's more I could say on that. We'll leave it at that. Verse 4. Your eyes are the pools of Heshbon by the gate of Bath Rabin. Translation, baby, I could drown in those eyes. Now, what do we want to get from that? Intimate, heartfelt, emotion-centered conversation is always going to be a centerpiece of having a great relationship. In fact, the beginning of being able to have fun in your relationship. And I said this last week, and I need to say it again to the guys. Guys, it is a lie of the enemy that that is a woman's need and not your need. Now, the enemy wants to keep you uh, disconnected in your relationships by lying to the guys and saying, emotions are something for her to talk about, not for you to talk about. And as a result, uh, instead of pressing into the connection that God gave us to actually deal with the heavy stuff in our lives, end up, guys, we just end up trying to cope with that stuff through other means that are never going to bring us through. I said that last week. We need to drop that again because, guys, we need to understand that this emotion stuff is for us. Like, you look at the Bible, and you look at King David. King David, I love it. King David is the picture of warrior strength, but the man wrote poetry. Like, this guy, if there was ever a Mount Rushmore of warriors, King David, like, because that whole David Goliath thing, he's going to be on there, right? Like, the, one of the toughest guys of all time. And... In the Psalms, you hear him express his heart and he uses words like this, like pleasure and joy and hope. Then on the flip side, he's talking about sorrow and weeping and grief and groaning and heaviness. He does press into the good as well and he talks about confidence and he talks about love, but he talks about the full range and spectrum of the emotions of his heart. And Rachel and I have just found it for us that we just, we need to take at least one night a week and press into that night being all about a heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul connection. Like when we first got married, we did this Friday nights, every Friday night early on in our relationship. This is what we did. But we got to a place, of course, as I've already said, when life gets busy and you just kind of, you're like, oh, well, we're in a season now. We're in that like real busy season. We got young kids and, you know, we're leading a church and, you know, you're working and I'm working. Baby, we got like, we have a good marriage, right? So let's just connect when we connect. Like we got a good relationship, we'll be fine. But then what I discovered is I talked to people that had the best connections in their marriages and people that had longevity and success in their ministry and not just ministry like, you know, pastoring a church, but just in their lives. What I found was that they were talking all the time about doing this at least once a week in their marriage. And it wasn't just impacting their marriage relationship. You could see that it impacted the way that they raised their kids. And it was impacting the way that they stepped into the world each morning with confidence and strength. And we just were like, man, we got, we've got to get back to a place where this is just on our calendar. We do this at least once a week. And, and I say this all the time around here. Like, we do this every week. It's Thursday nights for us. You know, if I ever, like, message you and I'm, and I'm like, hey, are you free Thursday night? You should text me back and be like, yo, what just happened? Yeah, you've told me this, like, five times. It just, it's just not going to happen because we're not free Thursday nights. Okay, so this is what we do. And I don't say that to prescribe what you need to do in your relationship. That's not really what this series is about. 
as we've been saying throughout the series. What's important is not how you start, it's that you start. In some way, come on, this week, just find a time, men. Get, sit down together and just say, baby, what's going on in your heart? And one of two responses is going to happen. Either A, she's going to be so shocked she says nothing, and you're going to be like, well, that was weird. Like, I, don't, I was expecting a lot. Or she's just going to talk for the next hour. Like, you're going to get one of those two responses. Deal with them as they come. It's going to be great. You can do it. Baby girl, like, what's, just, what's going on in your heart? We've got to start with heart. We've got to start with soul. We've got to start with that heart-to-heart connection. Well, I love what happens next here in Song of Solomon, chapter 7, because I hope this really inspires some great things in the marriages of Resonate Church in the next hours, days, and weeks. Because this is how his bride responds to that heart-to-heart connection. She says this. She says, I'm my beloved's, and his desire is for me. Translation is, I've heard what you've been saying to me, and uh, I'm all yours. She says this, verse 11, she says, come, my beloved, let's go out into the fields and lodge in the villages. Translation, I am down for that weekend getaway you've been talking about. Verse 12 says, let us go out early to the vineyards and see whether the vines have budded, whether the grape blossoms have opened, and the pomegranates are in bloom. Translation, when we get there, I want to go for a walk in the woods. Verse 12, there I will give you my love. Now, I hope I don't have to translate that for you, right? (laughs) And don't ever tell me the Bible is boring, right? Like, she just said, I want to have sex in the woods, right? Like, I'm your pastor, and I'm a law-abiding citizen. And so that's not what I'm telling you to do today. (laughs) The Bible is. I'm not, right? And so, you know, I don't know how that's going to go with the police if you just, like, it's in the Bible, bro. Like... (laughs) recently I was going to be speaking at an event and I'm normally kind of speaking in front of people it's not really a big deal for me I like to do this Um, I think it's a privilege and an honor to get to speak in front of people to be honest with you I've always been more nervous in the one-to-one settings than this kind of setting but I was going to be speaking at at an event and it was the kind of setting where I would actually be a little bit more nervous and we were kind of uh, pinched for time a little bit. We were busy trying to get ready. Uh, it was a bit of a rush. And, and Rach, I think, could tell that I was feeling a little bit more anxious about having to share at this. And so she said to me, she's like, hey, let me help you get ready. And I was like, sure, babe. Like, what do you want to do? You want to go over my notes? Like, what I want to talk about? She's like, no, no. Let me help you get ready. Like, cue the R&B. <laughs> light the candles. Let me help you get ready for this. And I'm, like, it was the best I've ever shared. Like, it was the most inspired <laughs> things that I had ever spoken in my, in my entire life. And, and I want to speak this, you know, because I, um, I, I don't think this is overly stereotypical. I think this is actually accurate. I don't think many people would argue with this. In general, the guys like physical connection more often than the girls do. And, and, and the same is true when it comes to the emotional connections. In general, not all the time, but in general... Women would like an emotional con, uh, connection more frequently than the men would do. And so, ladies, in the same way that I've been pressing upon the men to say, 
you need to do this. You need to have an emotional connection. And don't buy into the lie of the enemy that this is, you, you only do this kind of when you feel like it. I actually want to say this as well to the ladies in the room today. Another lie of the enemy, I believe, that he wants to use to keep you disconnected in your relationships is that you should only have sex when you really want to. And listen, I'm not saying this from some sort of heavy, guilt-induced, like, oh, I have to do this kind of place. No, I'm talking about love. And, and what love, love just doesn't give to one another when it, it works for me and when it's like would be my top priority and when I would feel like it. No, as we've said, love doesn't just give another person even what they deserve. Love gives and looks for what that other person needs. And so uh, you need to pursue him kind of even in those moments when it wouldn't be the top priority for you to pursue him physically. I think that, I think that the enemy would try and keep us locked in and focused on ourselves. And again, this isn't just when it relates to physical things or relates to emotional things. Really, the design of the enemy is to keep us fixated on ourselves in our relationships. And guys, do not go home and say to your spouse, well, the pastor said that whether we feel like it or not, this is what we should be doing. Like, guys, (laughs) it's not going to help. No, what I'm saying is when we focus on the other and not on our personal convenience and not on ourselves, We end up living relationships the covenant way God intended for us that are Jesus-focused, right? The way Jesus laid down his life for us, setting the example for all of what it would look like to engage in covenant relationship. And so we've talked this morning about starting with the soul and the heart-to-heart, and then we've talked about physical connection this morning. And I want to close this morning talking about, well, how do we have fun spiritually? God made you spirit, soul, and body. And I think that when you have fun spiritually in your relationships, it will bond you like nothing else. Listen to Hebrews 3 verse 1. It says, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. And I want to I look in the eyes of every couple in the room this morning and just say, God designed you to make a difference together on this earth. God put a holy calling on your life to make a difference together. And you're never going to fully experience joy in your relationship until you're serving together as a couple. Honestly, for Rachel and I, this is one of the most bonding things in our relationship is that we have the opportunity to do ministry together. And when I say do ministry together, I'm not talking about pastoring and being on a platform and like having a microphone, that's not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the two of us sitting together and planning for and dreaming about and talking about how can we just serve the world around us as a couple. Because you're a spiritual being with a heavenly calling. And I believe in our marriages, we need to move into ministry from a place of togetherness and from a place of serving. And so for some of you today, maybe the application here would be, you need to get on the dream team together. You need to do this, Pastor Troy said. Just just dive in. Step three of next steps happens today. Not because we need more volunteers in our church, but because we are passionate and bent on seeing you go on this journey as a couple where you'd see God using your life. It again is just one of those areas where when we get focused on ourselves, we do not have as much fun as we have when we focus on others. It will bond you as a couple and it will be life-giving to you. So this morning we've talked about having fun, heart to heart, 
physically, spiritually. And I want to close with this thought. None of this is possible outside of a relationship with Jesus. Like you could apply some of these principles and have a good marriage. I know I have friends that are not Christians that have wonderful relationships. As they've taken and they've actually applied the principles of Scripture and the ways of God in their relationship. But really the strength of this is not possible. The fullness of strength of true joy in our relationships and true joy in our hearts is not possible apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ because we cannot experience true joy apart from the God who made us to experience our fullness and our meaning in our connection with Him. So would you bow your heads with me all over the room? And I felt yesterday as I was praying for the service to pray for two distinct groups of people in the room this morning. And I want to start by praying for anyone in the room and you're single. Maybe you're in a dating relationship. Maybe you'd want to get married one day. Maybe you're not sure if you want to get Maybe you're happily single. Maybe you're single again. Wherever you're at today, I want to pray for you. And I pray right now, God, for, for your hand upon the single people of Resonate Church. God, I pray for those who would want to get married. I pray, God, that you would give us a heart that pursues you first. That we would be obsessed not with finding the right person, but with getting close to you in this season. I pray for those, God, who are in a place of happily single, and God, your blessing is upon their life. I thank you, God, that marriage was not the key to happiness in this life, God, that actually, God, you can bless us with the fullness of joy out of our relationship with you, and I thank you, God, that there is fullness in our lives. God, I pray for anyone who's single again and has experienced the brokenness in their relationship, God, I pray, Lord Jesus, today by the power of your name and the strength of your Holy Spirit in this place that there would be a healing take place. God, I am most excited. The thing I was most excited about this morning, God, was knowing that you were going to do things in this moment that go beyond my words and any ability of any person to manufacture something in a service. But healing would come in a moment and a life-giving power of the Holy Spirit would minister to hearts and souls in ways that we might not even see this side of eternity. God, I pray there'd be healing in this place today. And now I want to pray for the, just the purity of those singles in our room, God, that you, God, that you would keep our hearts strong because you've always intended for us to experience ecstasy in the context of covenant intimacy. And so, God, I pray that you would give us strength to persevere in the areas of purity in our lives because sex was never a solution to the problems of our lives. Sex was a bonding element of covenant relationship. I pray, God, that you would enable us to grasp that and stay pure in our relationships. Now, God, I pray. I pray for the married people in the room today. And married people, if today you'd be saying, spirit, soul, and body, I'm on this journey with you, and I'm all in. No matter what we've been feeling in the past, no matter what this week has brought, or this season has brought, or these years have brought, or time may have created a bit of a wedge, if today you're saying, heart, soul, and body, I'm with you, I just want you to reach out and grab your spouse's hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. And I even know that there might be a couple or two in the room this morning and, and, and you actually just, you could, you, like you might not have even joined hands yet and, I, and you need a miracle today. And I'm gonna pray for you too. You're not being left out of this because I know that you need a miracle. In fact, God can do his best work in the midst of that brokenness. 
So God, I pray for the married people in this room, God, and I pray as they're holding hands or connecting, or God, I, I pray, God, that there would be a, a, a connection by the power of your spirit. God, may we tap into this understanding that spiritual fun is going to bring a bond like we've never experienced before. God, I pray, Lord, that we would actually lean into that. I pray, God, for the physical fun, God, where things have maybe dried up or schedules have been offline and, and there's just been a challenge, God. Maybe there's even been some disappointment. God, bring healing, bring life in Jesus' name. And for the heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul connection, God, I pray for your Holy Spirit this week, God, to al- allow some great conversation to happen. Open our hearts, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of a fresh start from this moment on. In Jesus' name. I just want you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Because this is a moment of decision for, for some people in the room. Because as I said, none of this is possible apart from a relationship with Jesus. There are some people in the room today, I know you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And today, I believe, is your day. In fact, I think it would be so amazing that on a message that was PG-13 about fun in relationships, that you would actually see God today like you've never seen Him before. You'd see that He wants more than just your sacrifice. You'd see that He wants to lead your life in fullness. And today, you'd surrender your life and say, yeah, I'm going to choose today to give my life to God through faith in Jesus Christ. If that's you, we're not going to embarrass you or send you out. In fact, no one's going to look around and see you but me. But I want you to take a moment. And right now, I just want you to raise your hand. We're not going to center you out in any way. And then this is a moment where you raise your hand and say, God, I'm choosing your way today. I'm going to choose to make a decision to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Would you just shoot your hand up right now and just hold it up for a moment and say, would you pray with me in the room today? I'm just going to lead you in one prayer before we dismiss our service. whether you raised your hand or maybe not, but you, you, you knew you wanted to today, would you pray this prayer with me? Say, say this in your heart. Church, help us out. Say, dear Jesus, I'm all yours. I give you my life because I believe in you that you died and rose again to forgive me and free me. I choose to follow you. Thank you for saving me, forgiving me, I receive you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, can we throw our hands together for those that made that decision in the room today? The best.